When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome into Brewcast from Maze of Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Luke Yardy here with you, along with Scotty White. Hope you had a wonderful Merry Christmas. We're here with you on Monday. December 26th, headed into Tuesday, December 27th, and we are just a few short days away. I know it's felt like so long, but we are just a few short days away. Scotty White from Michigan, being back on the football field, headed out to Glendale to take on TCU in the Fiesta Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal. What's up, Scotty? How we doing, man? How was your Christmas? It was awesome, and uh, we got another present next weekend, getting to watch Michigan in another playoff. Um, and yeah, dude, it has felt like forever since we got to watch Michigan play in that Big Ten championship. But at the same time, you know, it kind of crept up. I'm like, we got Christmas and everything. There's just so much stuff going on. And then all of a sudden it's over and we've got a big football game here in a few days. We do, man. And I'm just pumped to get back at it, you know, uh, because there there is that little lull there. We get bowl season a little bit and it's been fine. But I don't know, the, the bowls for me you know, outside of the college football playoff, unfortunately have just, I don't know, every single year they, they just become less and less for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Like I'm, I'm going to watch some of them, you know, if I'm, if I'm not doing anything, I'm going to throw some football on, but I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Like the quick lane bowl is it's not, it's not, you know, sometimes some crazy weird stuff happens in them, but there's, there's nothing like those playoff games. And I still like the, the other new year six games uh some of the other big bowl games but yeah i mean it's it's hard to get into these early mid-december ones but we're gonna have some really good games this week and i'm excited 
We we are, but you know, everyone's eyes are obviously going to be on Saturday. Definitely. And the uh you, you know, with it being New Year's Eve, so the good news is Michigan's got the 4:30 time slot. Though I don't know if that's necessarily a, a good or a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, well, could could kind of ruin, I suppose, your uh, your New Year's plans if if Michigan doesn't get it done. We're not going to think that way, but you know that, that's what the 4:30 time slot does. At least last year uh, with the Georgia game, just kind of moved on quickly to to it being New Year's. You know, exactly, dude. Yeah, and last year was. Last year was interesting. It's like the the ball's getting ready to drop, and I'm I'm excited for that. And then I, I glance at the TV, and Michigan's down by 30 points. But we're not <laughs> we're not gonna have that happen this year. Um, and it also, I mean, there's just a totally different feeling going into this game. You know, I mean, last year it was just like, wow, I'm shocked that Michigan is here after what happened last year. Really, no expectations going into the season. And like I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It was like. We were expect all of the goals of the season had already been accomplished. And obviously, you know, we had hope and, and the goal was to win a national championship, but it wasn't a huge disappointment that Michigan lost to Georgia. Georgia was a hell of a football team. And the feeling going in now is, okay, we knew that we were good enough to be here. We're here. And, and Michigan's a big favorite. I mean, it's just a, a totally different vibe going into this game compared to last year. Oh, one hundred percent, man! It's completely uh, night and day difference, yeah. and you you laid it out perfectly. We're we're happy to be there, right, you, exactly. you know. Finally, slayed the Ohio State Dragon. Finally, got a Big Ten championship. But this year, you know that that's what everyone was saying. All the players, all year long, you know, they set out their goals uh, were to obviously beat Michigan State and Ohio State in the same season uh, to win the Big Ten championship, and then to win a national championship. And, and that's the thing too, right? Is like last year kind of stumbled upon us uh, a, a little bit. You know, we, we got some exciting wins, but some close wins, some tough, hard-fought victories uh, at Nebraska and Penn State. You know, those games that, that were really tight-knit. This year, man, it's just been business, right? Like, like dominating fashion, dominating a lot of good teams. Outside of the Illinois game, and obviously losing Blake Corum in the first half as they're going in, to score a touchdown, you know, and he fumbles a ball in, you know, things, things are close from there on out. Michigan's got to scrape that one uh, to get a victory. That was really the only game that there was any real, I mean, you could maybe point to Maryland. That was a multi-touchdown win. Iowa was a multi-touchdown win. This team, they've been laser focused and they've been very strong with the messaging. They full on believe that they're good enough to win a national championship where I don't know if the players last year, truly believed it you know as the year went on they're like yeah okay maybe we can win this thing this year from the get-go it was like no we're like we're good enough to win a national championship and that's why I think the expectations coming in here particularly for this semifinal game are so high yeah no totally I mean that's that is the end goal this year and McCarthy's been the leader of it and he's been saying we're not satisfied we've got more work to do Um, but yeah I mean it's you think about this regular season and Obviously, like for me, when Michigan's playing Ohio State, it doesn't matter what the score is at the end of the game. I'm going to be nervous until I see the clock hit zero. But like, let's say Michigan has that exact same game against, let's say, Indiana, which honestly, it was kind of a similar game. Indiana was close in the first half and Michigan pulled away in the second half of that game. But there was not a time in the second half where I was ever really nervous that Michigan was going to lose that game. because You know, it's Indiana. The only game that Michigan had this season where I was really like, shit, we might lose at the end of the game was Illinois. 
And and yeah. to think that that's the one game. I mean, Michigan really had that Ohio State game. I mean, they they just had it handled in the fourth quarter. Um, I mean, it's it has been business. One one really close, scary game. I mean, it's it's just been impressive the type of role that this team has been on this year. No, it's been nothing short of impressive, man. Um, but yeah, it's it's feels so weird to have been so long since they've played. It does, you know, yeah. like like I don't know, something that I can't shake. And I guess kind of looking at it, and I know I don't put a lot of stock into the bowl games, you know, obviously, but this is just just the way that it feels and how long it's been. You know, people like to point at Jim Harbaugh's bowl record, and ultimately, outside of one game, the bowl record doesn't mean anything, and that was last year's game against Georgia. Right. But is there something? And I know they've had games where they didn't play. They were close against Florida State in 2016. You know, had the big win in 2015. The Bulls got kind of progressively worse. The loss to South Carolina in the 2017 season was – oh, it was just, just really bad, right? But, you know – I, I don't know, and I hope I'm wrong, and, and I hope that I'm just like, you know, yeah, they, they don't really mean anything, but, like, I, I can't shake the feeling of, you know, the, the the work is and the focus is from training camp on the season, and once you start to week one, once you start at week one, it's really week to week. You get, like, one bye week in there, you know, but from there on out, it's, it's the next opponent, and you don't have to wait that long, whereas – now there's, you know, three to four weeks between your game. You know, how was the time spent? What Was it the same as years past? Because ultimately it just has not gone well under Jim Harbaugh in these games that are, you know, four weeks removed from the end of your season, you know, and obviously now this is a different beast and you've got an incredible team. You've got great leaders and you've had a wildly successful season. And there is absolutely something to play for that you had your sights set on from that first day of training camp, but it's also like, are, do, d- does the staff know, right? Like, because this is kind of unfamiliar territory too. Like they were here last year. Yeah. But they also got ran off the field last year. So do they know how to make the most of these four weeks? And that's what we're going to find out on Saturday. Right. I, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, this is really the first, I mean, like last year, it would have been. I, I don't. I don't think that it was a lack of preparation or a like lack of um, work done leading up to the playoff game against Georgia. I think Georgia was just that much better than Michigan, honestly. So I feel like this is really the first chance that we see the new post-COVID year Michigan in the bowl season, because um, obviously we all view this Michigan program there in the Harbaugh era as a pre-COVID and a post-COVID season. Everything has been different and good post-COVID. And I'm really hoping that that continues with the bowl trend here because yeah, the bowls have not been kind to Harbaugh after his first year. Um, another one that that peach bowl against Florida too was, was God awful in 2018. I can't believe that I drove all the way to Atlanta for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, 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 the thing that, that worries me the most about, the the long breaks and it, and it really comes from from baseball. I remember the Tigers would, you know, sweep the Yankees to get to the World Series and then they'd have so much time off and then get swept in the World Series. So something like that, you know, cuz Michigan has to be such a different team now that Coram's injured and it seemed like JJ and Donovan Edwards 
really and, and Colson Loveland, you know, just really got into a groove for those last two weeks of the season. And now they've got to take a long break and you just hope that that doesn't mess up the sink of things. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and then on the flip side of it is obviously everyone's got a chance to get healthy, right? Cause yeah. uh, you know, th- there were a couple of guys that were pretty battered at bruise. Obviously Donovan Edwards was one of them. He could only carry the ball in one hand and probably his greatest attribute was taken away in his ability to catch the football. So uh, if he's got two hands coming up here this Saturday, he's even a more dynamic player than what he's been. And he's been incredible in the Ohio State and Purdue games, you know. So that that is the good thing. Obviously, some injuries amongst the the, the big boys up front that hopefully they can get a little healthy with, with some more rest and, and treatment and not having to, you know, uh, beat the hell out of themselves during a game. So there is that flip side of it, too. I'm interested to see how healthy Michigan is coming in because – yeah, man, you know, obviously we're not going to see Blake Corum or anything like that. But I think, you know, those guys that were a little hobbled, a little injured coming down the stretch here, obviously if they can return to full strength, you know, it, it's going to be a massive, massive thing for Michigan. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, I mean, getting Edwards healthy and able to be a pass catcher again would, would be incredible. I think he was the highest graded um, running back like the highest graded receiving running back by PFF that, like you said, I mean, it just makes him so dynamic. And also going back to last year and going into the semifinal game, we were talking about Michigan potentially having two 1000 yard rushers on the year because Haskins had already gotten it. Corum was just a little bit behind a thousand didn't get there, but Edwards, it's kind of the same thing this year. He's at sitting at 872 yards. Um, and the last two games, he he needs 128 to get to the thousand mark. The last two games have more than that, so so that'll be interesting to keep an eye on too. Yeah, for sure, man. But and and you you've got a TCU team that's coming in that that does kind of remind you of, of Michigan last year, right? The they Michigan last year, the first team to start the year unranked and make the college football playoff. TCU went ahead and did it. You know, this year they were unranked. No one thought uh, a lot of TCU and Sonny Dykes for a season. You know, they they moved on from Gary Patterson and uh, he goes to Texas and all the hype is surrounding the Longhorns this year. Quinn Ewers and B. John Robinson and Xavier Worthy and uh, TCU just just handled business this year, man. And, And no one believed in them really all year long. I mean, even take a look at the betting markets, right? And yeah. and some of those spreads that we saw in TCU, no one gave them really, you know, much. And and I understand it, right? Like they had to to mount some big comebacks against Oklahoma State, Kansas State, they were down huge in the first half, came back to beat them in the regular season before ultimately falling to them in overtime uh in the Big 12 championship game, but you know, kind of cl- somewhat close victories against West Virginia and Texas Tech. The uh, defensive battle with Texas had to to win late against Baylor. Um, so it, it does. They they almost feel team of destiny ish, which is exactly kind of what we thought about Michigan yeah. last year. And, but a team like this, like ultimately, I think Michigan is the more talented team than mm-hmm. TCU. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Yeah. That seems to be the the consensus. Michigan ranks number two in SP plus. Uh, TCU ranks sixth, and the the difference is nine points exactly. Uh, in the SP plus ratings, you know, TCU, their defense, not that great. They, they rank 33rd in SP plus 31st uh, in special teams. But my thing is, man, with a team like this, at the end of the day, 
you know, people talk about intangibles. It's it's cliche, and I understand that. But Max Duggan's got those, right? Like, he just seems like a gamer. When things go wrong, he just seems to make plays, and that scares the hell out of me. Dude, yeah, Max Duggan is a dog, and he is going to be very tough to stop. Um, but yeah, you, you bring up a good point. I mean, it really feels like Michigan's in Georgia's position last year. Not a ton of close games. Really handled business pretty easily. In the Big Ten Championship against Ohio State, against Michigan State, their two biggest rivals, they, they cruised through. And, yeah, I mean, five out of those 12 wins for TCU were one-possession wins. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. They they really – they really Michigan kind of flipped positions here. Um, and, and, I mean, that's why Michigan comes in as the big favorite. I mean, TCU, I mean, the betting lines, when they were six-and-a-half-point underdogs to Texas, I thought that was insane. Um but yeah, I mean, I I really I feel really good about this game just knowing how both of these seasons played out, knowing the position Michigan was in last year. Um and and for this spread, I feel like Michigan around seven and a half, I feel like that's a pretty good spread for this game. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply and, you know, neither team – Michigan is obviously riding momentum, but you don't need the momentum necessarily when you're the better team. The, the right. thing for TCU is – and I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing. Like, you go back to last year with Michigan, right, and, and going into take on Georgia, we talked about the break and the fact that we didn't like it because Michigan – was riding some serious momentum with the 42-27 victory over Ohio State. Uh, Maryland just a thumping on them the week before that. And then obviously beating Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game, 42-3. to You have the four weeks in the reset. Now, TCU, they don't have that momentum, right? Because they lost in the, the, the Big 12 Championship game. So is that, you know, is that a nice little reset for them that they don't have to ride the momentum? Is, is it better for TCU? Um, that, that they have this big break to, to kind of reset and they don't have momentum? Is it worse for Michigan that they did win every single game in front of them, you know, and they've had that, you know, week-to-week mentality? Now you got to sit and wait. I, I find that dynamic a little bit interesting, too, in the fact that, you know, uh, Michigan doesn't need the momentum riding in. Obviously, they were riding some momentum coming off a Big Ten championship, but I don't think it's as detrimental for, for them to have this break this year as opposed to last year but for TCU they're not exactly riding a high coming into this game so uh it'll be interesting to see how things start off here especially knowing how Michigan has started some games here this year being down you know at halftime to the likes of Rutgers right yeah um yeah it'll it'll be interesting for sure and that first obviously Michigan in the second half has been incredible um but I mean any lead going into halftime would just be such a relief knowing about those uh second half, famous second half adjustments from the Wolverines. Um but yeah, in terms of the Big 12 championship, honestly, I would have much rather had TCU win that game. Um I mean, you saw Max Duggan in the post game interview. I mean, he was emotional. He had tears cuz he just wants to bring the school a championship. Um and I mean, that would have been a championship, maybe not the the ultimate one, but it would have been a championship. 
Um, so yeah, they'll, they'll definitely be coming in with a, with a chip on their shoulder, knowing they missed out on that big 12 championship trophy. So they'll definitely be eager for, for a different one. And and I'll tell you what, man, one matchup that I am chomping at the bit to watch a little bit, uh, is Quentin Johnson going up against Will Johnson, uh, coming up here uh, on Saturday. Uh, so Quentin Johnson, for those of you that don't know, uh, big speedy receiver, uh, for TCU, he's got over 900 yards on the year, five touchdowns, 53 receptions. Um, he, he's been just really, really good, and he's a, he's a really good deep threat, obviously, for this team. Big playmaking ability, but the emergence of Will Johnson is just a true freshman. He got the matchup with Marvin Harrison, had some big plays in the Big Ten championship game, you know, um, and he's just he's just playing almost at an elite level right now. So I, I mean, obviously Michigan doesn't do the thing where he's going to follow him around or anything like that. But when they're matched up, that's going to be that's going to be get your popcorn ready type stuff there. Yeah, that's that is going to be a hell of a matchup. And and dude, yeah, I mean the TCU's offense is is really good, and and the offensive numbers in terms of uh, points per game and yardage between Michigan and TCU is very neck and neck. Um, I think that sometimes with Quentin Johnson's skill and Max Duggan, people forget that TCU has Kendra Miller, who's got 1,342 yards on the year, 17 touchdowns on 216 rushes. So, I mean, they've got, they've got every part of the offense and, and it's going to be really tough to stop. Um, But when it comes to comparing the teams, it's, it's the defense where Michigan has, has the big edge allowing around 13 points per game, whereas TCU allows around 25. Um, But I mean, TCU's got a really good offense, man. I think people really forget about the rushing attack sometimes. So what do you make of Sonny Dykes coming out and saying on the other side of the football that they're going to sell out and do everything they can to stop the the run game for Michigan? I I, I hope that they do the exact same thing that Ohio State did. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, I, I'm, I was glad to see him say that because I think that the last two weeks have illustrated pretty well that if Michigan needs to throw the ball, they can. JJ's playing his best football right now. So if they want to do that and allow if if we get a if Edwards gets past the line of scrimmage, then he essentially has a touchdown. Yeah, sure, go ahead. I mean, it, it's it's kind of baffling to me. And, and how much of it is coach speak, right? Like Ohio State and Jim Knowles, like they walk, they talk to talk and they walk to walk on what they were gonna do and they got absolutely burned by it. There's no way you watch that Ohio State film. And you're to be like, yeah, we're gonna put nine, you know, eight guys in the box right. every play and force JJ to beat us. Like, there's no way you watch that film and you come away with that conclusion. Yeah, I, I was, I was baffled as well. But hey, man, if that's what they want to do, then I really hope they do it because JJ can certainly go out and win Michigan a football game against TCU with his arm. Man, I, and you know, would be interesting, obviously, to see how Michigan counters that. Um, yeah. Cleveland Cornelius Johnson one-on-one has not been great. I'd love to see Ronnie Bell get a little more involved here on Saturday. Um, you know, but obviously, you know, hopefully Colson Loveland is back healthy, kind of went out for a bit in the Big Ten Championship game after the touchdown catch. So, you know, how are we going to be able to utilize the tight ends coming in on Saturday? And how much are, are we going to force the run? Because obviously TCU probably is to, to begin the game. They're going to start – 
they're going to load the box. Is Michigan going to be aggressive right out of the gate? They're going to run with a little play action pass, go over the top immediately, or are they going to try to establish the, the, the run game? Because, you know, quite frankly, they've just done it all year. Even when it's not working, they just go to it. They go to it. They go to it. You know, it took a few possessions to get going uh, for Michigan in that Ohio State game, but eventually they were able to break it down and how patient can they be uh, knowing what kind of quick strike offense that that TCU is capable of. Like Michigan's going to have to play a defensive game similar to what they did against Ohio State, but they got some massive big play breaks in that Ohio State game defensively, right? Like the the fourth down incompletion um, to, to the tight end early on in, in that game. I think Jalen Harrell making that play. Obviously, the, the Mikey Sanders still play in the end zone. Like, it, it's just little plays here and there that that made that for Michigan, where if it goes the other way, you know, it's, that's a tight ball game down the stretch. Can they still come up with those plays against TCU if they're going to be patient, trying to run the football and play that grinded-out style in, in the first and second quarters? Yeah, and, and I think Michigan's red zone defense, again, is it's going to be really, really crucial. I mean, Purdue and Ohio State, they were able to get down there, and when it really mattered most, the defense has been able to come up with big stops down there and force field goals. Um, I mean, that's been that's been a big theme the, the past couple of years in these big games, and it's going to be big again. I mean, TCU is going to move the ball. Like, they're, they're a really good offensive team. There's a reason that Duggan was the Heisman finalist. Um, so, so when it matters most, the, the defense is going to have to come up clutch and get some, some big stops. Yeah, man. And I'll be honest. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of the big 12 here this year. Like the analytics say they're a really good conference, right? But, and, and they did, you know, they played a lot of ranked teams at the time, but, but Texas, for some, whatever reason, just kind of hung around the top 25. And I, I never really understood that like Texas was not a very good football team here this year they had a close game against Alabama big whoop you know like yeah. the, the big games they played they got right. beat but obviously like like they count Oklahoma as a ranked win earlier this year Oklahoma was not a top 25 team obviously Kansas that was they were number 19 when they played so that's technically a top 25 win but I'm sorry obviously Kansas wasn't a top 25 football team here this year Oklahoma State faltered down the stretch really the only one you know the only team that they played that was really, I, I think, a pretty good football team is Kansas State, you know, and they ended up splitting them. So I think the schedule, the top 25 wins and everything, I, I think that's a little overblown for TCU. And this is going to be is going to be a step up in class when they take on Michigan on Saturday. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, Texas is, is a mystery to me. They've got a ton of talent on that team. Um, but like you said, I mean, they're just not that good of a football team um Kansas I mean did they even what what they finished what six and six seven and five I mean did they even win a game second half of the season so six six and six man they let's see here let's see exactly what they ended I I know they they were bowl eligible like early on yeah they started off five and oh or six and oh or something like that let's see they lost six of their last seven and of course they beat Oklahoma State in the middle of that right yeah so I mean I, I, you can count that as a ranked win, but like you said, that's not really a ranked win. Um, I think Michigan is definitely the best team that, that TCU has faced this year, not without a doubt. Oh, yeah, no no question about it. And I, I do wonder, uh, I, you know, you think back to some games maybe in like, yeah, in like 2017, 2018, 2019, right? Like when, when Michigan, even last year against Georgia, it just you could just tell the physical difference in the teams, yeah. right? 
Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's what we're going to see a little bit on Saturday. Like, like when Michigan took on Alabama or last year when they played Georgia, it just felt like Michigan wasn't, you know, anywhere near the opposing team's players in terms of physicality, size, strength, even speed. I mean, I, I just have Nicobe Dean chasing down Blake Corum from the other side of the field seared into my brain. Yeah. Uh, but but now that, that Ben Herbert's been in the program and the strength and conditioning program, and a lot of these guys played last year, had a full offseason and have played this year, you can see the difference in the physicality of Michigan, the, the strength the speed i wonder if there i i i would imagine there is going to be especially in the trenches a real vast difference between michigan and tcu up front and i think we're going to see that play out no i i totally agree with you i mean that's been michigan's bread and butter all year long it's just wearing teams down and you've been seeing it in the second half when for example the ohio state game when we have five rushing yards in the first half compared to 220 or however many they got um, in the second half, I mean, and it's it's all about that strength and conditioning program, the physical. I mean, that's what Michigan wants to do: out tough, out physical, everybody. Um, and and it's it's been such a consistent. It's been happening so consistently with how these games are going. They're all so similar. I would be shocked if we don't see that again. Where in the second half, Michigan, I I, I really think that in the first half, Michigan's going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. I think that TCU is going to be able to slow them down a little bit. And like you said, they, they have a good offense. Michigan's going to have to, to, to keep up with that. But Michigan's just been able to out-physical teams and, and, and just wear them out in the second half. And I think that we're going to see that again. And, and I, I really expected a dominant second half for Michigan and really a, a dominant win, to be honest. What would you say concerns you the most matchup-wise in this game? Is there any aspect that you're like, man – if TCU wins, it's because of this. Like, what gives you the most concern? Honestly, I think I think that it really will come down to red zone defense because Purdue was really able to move the ball. And they just, I mean, there was an interception down there. There were a lot of field goals. And if if TCU can can move the ball like Purdue, which I really think they'll be able to, and they can just finish out drives better, then I mean, that if Purdue's able to do that, that turns into a much more interesting game. Same with Ohio State. So that's really what concerns me is Michigan's been so good in the red zone, and I'm like, how long can they keep that up? And that's where it worries me, just thinking about if TCU can move the ball like Purdue and Ohio State and they just find a way to finish out drives, then, it, then it's going to be pretty interesting. So, like, for me, I think my biggest concern is if the game is close in the second half, Michigan's ability to generate a pass rush hoping Mike Morris is healthy back obviously but a lot of Michigan sacks in their quarterback pressures have come when it, it's been teams trying to play catch up late in the second half right like, like when the guys can just pin their ears back but if Texas or if TCU can keep this thing close into the fourth quarter and you've got the threat of them running the football and it's not just Duggan taking it out of the gun, straight drop, and, and, and Morris and uh, Yabi can can just pin the ears back and get after them a little bit. You know, again, they generate the pass rush in the first three quarters. That is my biggest concern because that's how you're going to stop this TCU offense is, is being able to to generate that rush, get Duggan off rhythm, get him off of his spots. 
Um, and, and now I will say that was my biggest concern with Ohio, the Ohio State game, and they you know, didn't necessarily do that a ton, but they were able to make big enough plays, like you mentioned in the, in the red zone in particular. So, uh, but, but I think that's, that's the biggest area of concern for me is because you mentioned it with the weapons that they have and with Duggan, they're probably going to be able to move the football similar to what Purdue was able to do. So that's, that's, that's my biggest area of concern, but I think Michigan is just going to be so much more physically dominant in the trenches that that's where they're going to get it. Even a guy like Mason Graham is a true freshman, I think is going to have a great game coming up on Saturday. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And that, that is a, that's a very valid concern because there's, there have been some games where Michigan's pass rush has, has not really shown up as much as we wanted them to. Um, and then I'm also curious, we obviously have the other playoff semifinal uh, coming up after the Michigan TCU game, if Michigan were to win, who would you rather see in the national championship? Oh, that is a a great question. From from a, I think Michigan has a better chance of beating them. I think it's Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's from uh, my own mental health sort of standpoint, <laughs> I want to see Georgia. <laughs> yes, I am on the same page, and I will say too that I would. I mean, Michigan. Michigan's really handily beaten Ohio State two years in a row now, and I I would like to see Michigan get some revenge on Georgia from last year too. But yeah, I think that I mean we know Michigan can beat Ohio State. They already did it on the road by twenty two points. Um, but yeah, I mean I don't I truly don't know if I could mentally handle a Michigan Ohio State national championship. I I will say this: it is really really hard to win a national championship two years in a row. So Michigan, I think would have that in favor of them. Alabama, you know, did it what once under Saban or did he do it twice? Um, I think it was just once, but I'm not a hundred. I thought so, but it hasn't, it hasn't happened in a while. Right. No, No, it's all, it was always Alabama. And and Bama's and Bama's got there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And everyone just kind of always expected it from them sort of thing. So, and, and it just doesn't happen. It's just really, really hard to do. Yeah, it's, it is a really tough feat. And yeah, I mean, it was Alabama and Clemson just kind of going back and forth for a few years and haven't seen it happen. Um, and it would, it would certainly be tough, but I mean, Georgia has looked real good this year. So if there's any, yeah. so they haven't, they haven't done it since 2011, 2012. Okay. And they had multiple opportunities. They went to, they went to four straight college football championships, but um, they ended in 15, 16, 17 and 18. Uh, they went win loss, win loss. Like it's hard to do. So Michigan, I think would, would have an advantage there uh, surprisingly over Georgia, but I, I don't know, man. Yeah. Just for, just for my mental health, I, I only want to do the Ohio State thing once a year. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. But I, I will be honest with you. I think Ohio State is going to beat Georgia. And it's I, – I don't know why. I Like, I'm so used to, like, bad things happening to me as a sports fan <laughs> that, like, I'm just expecting it. So, yeah, I, I, I really think Ohio State's going to win that game. Support for Brewcast, thanks to our friends at Manscaped. And you can join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by heading to manscaped.com. They got the best products. I use them all the time. They're fantastic. Uh, The Performance Package 4.0 got an upgrade, and you can get the Platinum Package 4.0. You get everything that you get in the Performance Package, uh, like the Weed Whacker and the Lawn Mower and the Deodorant and the Travel Bag and the Briefs. 
all great. We also upgrade your shower game as well with the ultra premium body wash and ultra premium two in one shampoo and conditioner and the aluminum free ultra premium deodorant. They do it all. It's manscaped and we're going to get you 20% off and free shipping anywhere. Just head to manscaped.com, insert promo code MNB20. That's MNB20 for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Scotty, before we let you go, Michigan wins Saturday if. I know I sound like a broken record here, but Michigan wins Saturday if they hold teams, if they hold TCU to field goals in the red zone. And I just... I am so adamant about this because I'm looking back on all of the game, all of the big games the past two years for Michigan. That's how they've won. And that's how they've lost. That's how they lost to Michigan state. That's how they beat Ohio state. That's how they lost to Georgia, even though Georgia kind of kicked their ass, but they, they, they didn't settle for field goals. Um, that's how Michigan beat Ohio state again this year. I just think that's how Michigan beat Purdue. It's been so crucial and I expect it to be very crucial again. For me, Michigan wins. If they just don't turn the ball over, man. I think they're going to be able to to dominate up front enough to be able to run the football, generate four to five yards of carry, and they'll be able to hit some play action passes. They'll score. I think, you know, the, the, the red zone efficiency has been fantastic in the last few games. They're scoring touchdowns. All they have to do is just not turn the ball over. You know, have a lead. That's how you let a team back in it. That's how you give the team a lead and you're playing from behind. Just don't turn it over. And I think Michigan is the better team. And generally when that's the when that's the case, as long as you don't turn over, you're going to win the football game. So that's what I think Michigan just has to take care of the football and play their game coming up on Saturday. Scotty, where can we find you on social media? You guys can give me a follow on Twitter at Scotty White underscore. And obviously it's a huge week. Mason Brew will have tons of stuff coming out. So make sure you guys check us out. And you can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And as Scotty mentioned, man, we got some great stuff coming up this week. Let's have let's bring in the new year the right way with a Michigan victory to chance to play for the national championship. For my partner, Scotty White, I'm Luke Giardi, and we'll see you next week on Brewcast.